Welcome to Sex and Happiness with Lori Handlers. Amazing sex and intimacy are just around the corner. While Lori puts the finishing touches on her new book, Sex and Happiness Over 60, please enjoy this show. It's one of her favorites from the Sex and Happiness Archives. Have you ever noticed how some people can flirt? Like almost flirting as a way of life, while others cannot. Perhaps you can't. I don't know. If you're someone who has not been able to break the ice, you need to definitely stay tuned with today's show. My guest today is Robin Vogel, and Robin is a psychotherapist and a relationship coach. One of the things that I think Robin does really well in her coaching, and one of the things that certainly caught my eye about her, is that she has workshops for people to learn how to flirt so they can stop being so uptight about it. So I called Robin because I wanted her to talk to us about how flirting relates to us. And of course, I think that they're pretty, flirting's a pretty tantric subject. I think it's important, even in the tantra world where people maybe find it easier to meet each other. Who knows? We're going to find out some more about that. Robin, I am so happy to have you as my guest. You have something called Flirting with Heart. What is that? <laughs> what is I mean, that? Could you, flirt, could you flirt without your heart? <laughs> I don't think so. I hope not. Let's put it that way. There are some people who can't help themselves. They just flirt in business. They flirt at the office. They flirt in a bar. They flirt at a party. They flirt... They find people to flirt with. They just flirt yeah. with. So well, how would you define flirting, would you say? Well, so I would define flirting, the, the straight answer is communication. And when you were just talking about how there's people that flirt all over the place, I was thinking about babies and children and how they flirt with everybody. You know, babies just flirt with everybody. It's just a very natural instinct because we're human beings, we're relational, and we want to we want to make connections with other people. It's what keeps us alive, right? So well, you do. But, I certainly do. You could say that I'm a flirt. <laughs> you are a really good flirt, definitely. No doubt. Me too. Um, <laughs> that's why we're here. Um, so I was thinking about how babies and you know young children, you know, typically are really, it's just their natural instinct to make connection. And then somewhere along the line, you know, something happens here or there and things develop over time. And then, you know, some of, some of us find, it, you know, we can flirt with ease and communicate in that way with ease and other people feel more inhibited, shy, scared, terror, you know, some women feel, you know, terrified at the idea. Um, but in a really, in a, to explain flirting really simply, it's flirt, it's, it's communication. It's about communicating and attraction. And uh, so I'd like to start right there, that it's really about communication. And so hold on one second, though, because you said women are terrified. Oh, can't, we, yeah. can't we include men in this? Because yeah, I know a lot of men who are terrified, even though they're supposed to make the first move. Absolutely. I so agree with that. Yeah, it's funny. I said women because I mostly work with women these days. But, yeah, men are always asking me, actually, if I could work with them and give them some coaching around flirting. And so, yes, it's human, not not uh, not male versus female. And the other thing I often remind women about is that men are, you know, often, um, you know, scared. <laughs> 
and and I think women it can we can easily make this projection that the man should approach and the man feels comfortable and you know and it's just not true. It's not always true. No, I think well, I I mean I don't know. One of the schools of thought about this is that for men and women there's something called the call and response. You probably know about this where the woman puts out the call. Now it could be a hormonal signal like this. I saw something about genetics and it said that when women were premenstrual or menstrual they have a certain smell like butter and that butter smell connects to the nostrils of various men in, in, a, in a club or something. But I, I'm speaking more of not the genetics, but like really, if I have an attraction to someone, there's a certain way that my body language, my eyes, my, the way I sit, the way I might glance or something. And that's like a call to a certain man. And it's almost like the species, that man responds. Is that, I mean, do you agree yeah. with that? Well, I, yeah, I can agree with that, absolutely. But I also think that men are sometimes you know, feel inhibited, even if they hear the call. You know? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. I just know, I just know that a lot of women I work with, they often feel, they can't imagine that the man or a man feels as they do. You know, they sort of have this projection that the men have it all together and they're all confident and, you know, everything's fine and they're, you know, they hear the call and they come running and they feel like they know what to say and know what to do. And I just, I don't think it's, true all the time. So I like to let women know that sometimes men are in the same boat there and it kind of puts their minds at ease. So, okay, so I got it that it's communication and I just mentioned a few things. I mean, are you, you I mean, I know when you're t- mentioning babies, like I know that I can flirt with babies because they make eye contact with me right. and then I can do things that keep, that hold their, that hold them. Like, I can do things, but sometimes babies do things, too, that hold my attention. Like, even if they're sitting in some big person's lap and it seems like they're playing with their dad's ears or something, they look around from the other side and they're still looking at me and we get into this whole flirting thing. Mm-hmm. Do you mean it like that, like like the eyes? Well, certainly eye contact is number one <laughs> in terms of you know, initiating a connection, and also just so important in our society, you know, everyone, I don't know about where you are, but here in the Northeast, many people are walking down the street looking down, looking at their phones, you know, and not looking at the human beings that are right in front of them, the beautiful human beings that are right in front of them. So eye contact is, you know, one of the sort of basic <laughs> basic uh, requirements of flirting and initiating connection with anybody. So, yes. That's definitely one thing. And smiling, of course, another basic strategy, but not always that easy. I mean, making eye contact and smiling can bring up a lot of fear sometimes. And, um, you know, I, I often suggest to people that they just, that they practice doing that everywhere. Like they take a day or they take a couple hours on one, on one given day and say, okay, I'm going to be out in the world and I'm going to smile and make eye contact at, you know, most of the people that I see. It's a wonderful way to spread the love, by the way. And um, and you'd be surprised. It's an edge for people in this in this culture, in this society these days. It's, we're not used to it. We're used to, you know, hooking up to an electronic and tuning out. But this is about tuning in. I think you're so right. I love this. I love this approach. So 
uh, I mean, I listen. I may seem like I've been a big flirt all my life, and I have been, but I, there's also been times when I've been really scared. Yeah, me too. There's been times when I go to a party or something, I feel like I'm the oldest person there, or I feel like I'm the least one who looks like a, you know, a centerfold from Playboy or a model, and then I, you know, I used to do this to myself, not so much anymore, but I would sit there and I would, I would make eye contact and it would seem like everybody would sort of breeze by me. <laughs> and you've had that too? Yeah, what I was what I was relating to was sometimes I feel scared, you know, if I go out and I see somebody I really feel like there's a connection and I want to initiate a connection. Yeah, I have to sometimes like, okay, Robin, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you give yourself a little pep talk. Give myself I give myself a little pep talk, gather up my courage and give myself a pep talk because you know, what I tell myself is also what I tell the people I work with. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, the guy looks at me and says, eh, not so much. Okay, so I don't want to date that person anyway. Right, of course not. That's like that thing, uh, that line, he's just not into you. Right, I mean, yeah. That's how it begins. Why would you want to twist someone's arm to be with you? That's, that's crazy. You want to go, you want to, you want them to hurry up and, so you can go next. You can right. Next. That's right, that's right. That's right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Don't waste Wait. your time. Robin, what would you say is the difference between flirting and seduction? Because the eye kind of, I think it's part and parcel, so I don't know what you think. Yeah, good question. It's a question that uh, that comes up, and I think making the distinction is actually really important. Because, so one thing that comes up for people when they're flirting is that and I'm going to say for women because maybe this comes up more for women than men. But sometimes women say to me, if I flirt, then the man is going to think that it's a direct invitation to his bed, basically. Ooh, I've heard that. I have yeah. actually heard that from people. Me too, yeah. A lot yeah of so they don't start at all. They won't flirt at all because they feel like they're giving, they're giving a, a message that they don't want to give. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so then they say, yeah, exactly. So they don't flirt at all. They hold themselves back, and they just don't engage in that way. And, um, gosh, such a miscommunication. So um, so one thing, and I'll talk about that maybe in a little bit, is, you know, is what, what to do about that. But let's make the distinction first between seduction and flirting. Sure, sure. So seduction to me is when you, you're trying to get something. So there's an end goal, there's something you want, and you'll kind of do whatever it takes to get it. And that, that could, of course, that includes flirting. But it's flirting in a different way. It's flirting with like an I want and I want this now and I'm going to have this and I'm going to do anything, I'm going to manipulate, et cetera, et cetera, to get what I want. And that's not flirting. You know, that is, that's seduction. Flirting is flirting, flirting is communicating an attraction. You know, I'm interested in you, I'd like to, you know, get to know you. I'd like to have a conversation. Let's start there. Let's get present with that. So I think it's really, really important to make that distinction between the two. And so you would say, so, okay, so when you say that, it's because there is a place for seduction. I mean, there is a place for seduction, but you're talking about the, the kind of thing that can be really manipulative, like, Someone right. who's flirting because they want, I mean, I don't even know if I'm dating myself here, but someone who's flirting because they want a group of men at the bar or a man at the bar to buy them the next drink to, to start with. Yeah. Or, 
flirting because I want to see, you know, somebody wants to see how how rich these guys are, or, or uh, I'm talking about a heterosexuality right now, but I'm sure right. it happens. Right. It happens. I'm, right. I'm sure it happens. Sure. With yeah. People who aren't straight as well, and all to even maybe in more pronounced ways. So, um, so you're distinguishing that flirting is really just to get to know just to even see if there's any any more to get to know. Like, do I like this person in the flirt enough to want to talk to him or her more? Right, right. Yeah. But what about these people who are, like, just their habitual flirts? They just flirt with everybody. I mean... Yeah, well, A, it's a good practice, and yes, it can be confusing. I think that some people find that confusing. Um, I know people find that confusing. <laughs> And, well, um, so if you were in relationship, for example, if you were in relationship with someone and all of a sudden I came up and I'm just, I'm, I can't help myself, like I'm just always flirting, and I start to flirt with your intimate relationship with almost no regard for you, and it's just the way I am, I mean, that wouldn't be... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's happened to you. It's happened to me. It doesn't feel so good. Right. It's an interesting distinction you made. Like you're, you're, let's say, so you're coming up to me and somebody that I'm in a relationship with, and you you decide to flirt, purely hypothetically, of course, Lori. You decide uh-huh. to flirt. <laughs> you decide to flirt with with the person I'm in a relationship with, but you don't flirt with me. See, if you're flirting with me and the person I'm in a relationship with, then great, you know? Then it's, I, you know, fun I, and friendly, I, and we're all getting connected. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the perfect answer. I real, I, I, You know, if I were to make... It's not like i got to judge everything that's happening here, you know, in every statement that you make, but <laughs> right. if I... I would say to you, Robin, I think that's the perfect answer. If I'm going to be a flirt, I might as well flirt with everybody because that's how I find out if I even, and maybe I am flirting with everybody. That's how I find out if if I even want to talk to you or him or her more. Right, exactly, yeah. But, you know, the, the thing, the, the situation that you that you brought forward is, is a really common one, and I think the sad thing is that it doesn't often happen in that way, you know. And then there's, then there is that discomfort and, mm, for some women, feelings of competition and, and just feeling excluded, you know? I mean, that's what it comes down to, exactly. really, is feeling excluded. Exactly. And I think that's, I think this is, I think, well, I think this, what we're talking about is flirting with heart. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. like, uh, like actually having consideration for all the people around, like not just going for, again, not just going for the goal or the seduction of a particular person. You know, I just, I gotta tell you something, it's, it, this just brought up, it, I was recently at a, uh, at another radio station. The, the people that I, uh, that I'm with in, in Arizona have a, have a radio show. And they, the radio station had a mixer so that all the, the hosts there could, uh, could get to know each other. And, uh, my group of people, I don't know if you know this or not, my group of people that I, my community is, we're into physical immortality. And, right. uh, right. so, so we were there and we were taught, we, we were kind of flirting with everybody there, you know, we're into physical immortality, do you want to find out more about? And a man came in who we, who the four of us who were there doing the show that night recognized had been at one of our meetings. 
So I started to talk to him, like, to beat the band about physical immortality and when was he coming back and, yes, we recognized him and actually he had been there more than once and, and all of a sudden a woman who worked at that station came around the corner and she, he clearly was there to see her and when she came around the corner, like, he stopped talking and looked down. And me, I was standing there with two of my colleagues, and there was nothing. It was silence. <laughs> and I really liked, I really liked this woman. I had met her earlier in the evening, and I really liked her. We had exchanged cards, you know, and I was going to call her about some business and stuff. And uh, and then he and I were talking, and it was like caught. But I was flirting about physical immortality. <laughs> you know, I wasn't right. flirting, you know. So yeah. I actually. I called her the next day, and I said, hi, I, I want you to know that I, all of a sudden there was silence when you came around the corner of the sta- of the, that part of the station, and I want you to know that I don't know what your relationship is with that man. He's a very nice man. I met him once before, and I wasn't flirting with him. Mm-hmm. And she was so happy that I called, even though she that was. wasn't there. But, but I just wanted to clean that up between two women. Great. Yeah, good for you. That's so important. Wow. Yay, Maury. (laughs) (laughs) It felt like high school. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's so important to to communicate and have that clarity between, well, I don't know. It comes up a lot between women, and I think it's so important to honor the women, the the sister relationship, you know, even if, if it's not a close you know, friend, but a woman in your community or a woman you're going to, you know, be in community with. Exactly. It was no, just, to me, it was just I had to do it because I, I, I didn't want anything to stand in the way of me seeing her again and being connected to her. And right. certainly I wanted him to come back to our community and visit again, but, you know, I didn't, like, not at the cost of feeling like high school, like, oh, I shouldn't right. have been flirting with this guy. Right, <laughs> right. It's, it yeah, I mean, it's high energy. It, it looked like the flirt, you know. Yeah. So, so what do you recommend? Like, okay, so if women are shy and they say they can't flirt, and you're saying to them that they should practice walking around, making eye contact, and smiling, then what? <laughs> yeah, then what? Then what? <laughs> well, depends where they are, of course. Um, so then what? So a lot of times I'll ask people, you know, the first question I ask is, do you want to be in a relationship? Is that why you're here? Is that why we're having this conversation? And often, you know, all the time, often all the time, yes, all the time they say, yes, I do. But when we dig deeper and we start to, you know, really um, imagine what that would be like, sometimes fears come up. And those fears are obstacles. So sometimes a person will say, I'm feeling really shy. I'm a shy person. I just, I just can't put myself out there. And I know that, you know, that's, that's often the case. And so practice is one part of it. It's like, you know, putting yourself out there and practicing in the real world. And then the other part is really looking at what the fear, because shyness is, is inhibition and inhibition. If we trace it back, we could say there's a fear there, most likely. Um, so what are the fears? You know, what are the obstacles? What's been going on in that person's life thus far that created those fears and obstacles? So that's when we'll do some, you know, some deeper exploration. 
So what I'm saying is sometimes people think they're ready until they really take a deeper look, and then they say, well, mm, not so ready. <laughs> you know, I thought I was ready, but now I see that there's all these things that actually right. I'm not really quite ready for, you know. So it's really, really important because I, I often hear people say, you know, they're just blanket assumption, their blanket statement is, yes, I want to be in relationship. And I say, really? <laughs> you know, and then we start to, when we start to talk about it some more, we can see that it's not that clear cut. I know you have a coaching program. I yeah. know that you see people for individual, uh, for individual, I don't know if you call it therapy or individual coaching. Mm-hmm. I think people have gotten away from therapy, so I, I don't know what you, <laughs> I don't know what you call it, but I know that yeah. you have some modalities that you use, and that's really that's what I'm most interested in finding out because people who seek help need to know everything that's available for them. Yeah, yeah. So I do. I work with individuals and groups, and I'm just loving, love the work so much. What I love about combining psychotherapy and coaching, just to mention that in this moment, um, is that psychotherapy goes back. You know, it's a very simple way psychotherapy goes back and we look at, you know, what has brought you to this moment now today, you know, what's informed your life that's affected you in various ways that are important to know about. You know, why do I make certain decisions? Why am I repeating a pattern? You know, those are really good questions to ask because those things, in my experience, can be healed and, and you can make really positive changes um, in very profound ways. And then coaching looks forward, you know, so where am I, where do I want to go from this point, where am I moving, you know, in what direction am I moving, where do I want to go to? And so I love the idea of combining both of them. And um, I wouldn't say psychotherapy is outdated. I mean, coaching is definitely popular these days. Um, but I find, you know, my practice is really, really booming. Very happy to report that. And um, I just love the way, you know, I have this image of someone standing right in the present moment and breathing and being, you know, really present um, with their breath and really connected to their body and being able to look left to, you know, what has happened in their past and to look right and envision what's going to happen in their future. That is so well put. I really thank you for that. That I would never have drawn that distinction in that way. And I just think that's so perfect. The past and the future and standing in the yeah. present moment. That's so great. Yeah. So okay, so if so some of the things that you've talked about, you know, using like EMDR, what does that really mean and what how would some how would you use that? I, I've had an EMDR session myself. Yeah. And I found yeah. Yeah, I found it very helpful. I can't remember why I had it. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> oh, that's, probably, that's probably a good thing. Probably it, it corrected yeah. whatever I went there for, and yeah. uh, and I, I can't even remember what the trauma was or whatever. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> Describes EMDR in a nutshell. Um, what sort what of. does EMDR stand for, and, and how do you use it? Yeah. So it's it's a mouthful, but I'm going to say it anyway. It stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So we we try to never we try never to say that. We try just to say EMDR. <laughs> um, anyway, it's a really powerful tool, and uh, it was discovered by uh, Francine Shapiro in the 80s. And it it's one of those things that's slightly hard to describe, but I will say that there's it's a process of 
identifying an obstacle or a fear or an anxiety, something that's going on in the moment, in the present, and then tracing it back to its original roots. So that's, that's one of the first very first and very important steps when you're doing an EMDR session is to, you know, okay, I've identified something that's in my way of creating more love in my life. And as I speak with the person on the telephone or, or in person in my office, you know, to collect lots of information on um, what that looks like and what that feels like and what beliefs, uh, what the person believes in the moment that relate to that particular obstacle. And then let's trace it back, 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 back as far as we can go to where where those initial beliefs were actually established. So EMDR was actually, when it was first, um, when people first started using EMDR, they used it for major traumas, really significant traumas. And in the EMDR world, we say, like, big traumas, big T, big T traumas. And then EMDR also works for little T traumas. And I would say that even beyond that, anything that's happened that's created something in the present that's disturbing, that's difficult, challenging, that's in the way, we can use EMDR to clear it. So the first thing is to go back and look, you know, where did this initial, where did this come from? And then we have a a body technique, which they used to use eye movements, looking left, right, left, right, left, right. My session was with left, right, right, left, right, left, right, very fast. Back yes. and forth, back and forth, eye movement. Yes, and some people do still use that, absolutely, and it's a wonderful, I mean, it's, it's perfect. It's a perfect way to use it. And there are other, what we call bilateral stimulation, so left, right, left, right. There are other ways to do it. So one of the ways that I do it is by tapping on the body. And so if you were sitting in front of me, Lori, and we were doing a session together, I'd be sitting directly in front of you and I'd have one hand on each of your right, like around your knees, likely, and I would tap left, right, left, right, left, right. And you don't have to look left, right, therefore, you can just keep your eyes closed and focus on yourself. And that's actually why I really, that's why I use the tapping, because it enables the person to just really go inside and and connect, stay connected to themselves, and they can do it, um, talk about resource tapping, which is sort of, re- which is related, we can talk about that in a few minutes, but they can do the tapping themselves. So we don't talking. I mean, I remember I was talking. Mm-hmm. I was talking about the incident, or I was talking right. about something. Right. When I was doing the eye movement, the rapid eye movement, back forth, back forth, left, right, left, right. Yes. I, when you are tapping the person, right, left, right, left, on their knees or whatever, are they talking? Yeah, they can. They might be. <laughs> they might not be. I mean. The, if they want to be, let's put it that way. I mean, there's certainly times, you know, in the session where we'll pause and say, okay, what's happening now? And, and we'll, you know, have a conversation and get more information and continue from there. So a lot of it is an internal journey and then coming out to, you know, have conversation. And so what happens is the initial event that created this pattern in the body and mind and spirit over the, you know, course of however many years gets reprocessed in the body and the mind and the spirit, actually. And uh, the person gets to see, oh, hey, you know, that wasn't really about me. I didn't need to take that on. Or, oh, you know, I believed that as as a child, but that wasn't really right. You know, actually, you know, I am an amazingly loving person. <laughs> um, you know, it's amazing how, and maybe this is your experience, this has been my experience when I use EMDR for myself, it's amazing how 
um, my clients and I had the same experience of coming around to like realizing, wow, you know, I can't believe I held on to that for so long and it's that what actually isn't true, you know, what I right. thought I believed to be true when I was three years old. You know, now that you Well know, I'm I'm sitting here, I'm trying to make my eyes go right and left. <laughs> <laughs> Don't <I'm> do it. <laughs> I'm trying to Don't. recreate trying to recreate whatever it was I went for that session but you know uh, you know I know that you I'm sure that you remember in my workshop in my bliss workshop I used yoga boxing Mm -hmm. which is a which is a bilateral brain stimulation where where I have people punch out one uh, hand like a stop sign like an open fist uh, like a stop sign one word at a time and say sentences to each other and often I work with couples and I have them, I have one partner be the receiver and the other partner punch out each word to the partner and then stop at whatever the natural place is. And then I have the partner respond and the partner might not even be responding to the sentence that the, that the first partner just said. It, it almost doesn't matter. It's like they're getting out their own traumatizing experience either in the relationship or something that happened before, but that happens to be getting re-triggered in, yeah. in current time. And, and they just, they work it out like so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Because what happens is when things that, you know, when things have been painful or traumatic, the brain will actually, certain areas of the brain will shut down. And that's why often people get really stuck, we all do, when traumatic things have happened. It's like we get stuck in the past. It's because literally in the brain, there are places that shut down. And so with any bilateral, including the yoga boxing, because anything, right, you're walking and moving, anything that's bilateral back and forth, back and forth, opens up, helps to open up different parts of the brain. And so, yeah, to your point, things move really quickly because it's working not only on the mind, but it's also working in the body. So, you know, things can move more quickly. Well, that right there is the tantric connection. It's yeah. so it's so important as far I can't say it enough. I say it every day. I say it in every class. I say it on every show. Mm-hmm. It's so important to work the body. It's so Absolutely. important to work the body. It's so important to work the body. It's like <laughs> if we're not working the body yeah. and we're only working the mind, then only a certain set of right. things right. Happens only a certain set of uh, synapses happen in the brain. It yeah, can't yeah. get fully clean. It can't get fully processed and let go of unless the body's involved, unless the cellular memory is tapped somehow. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, I can't, I, I can't stress it enough, and I imagine you're the same way. I mean, if, if you're not working, if you're not working the body. It it happened to a body. You know. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even when people are, you know, are naming affirmations or reclaiming something for themselves, like we have to move our body in order to really get it. You know, we have to stand up, change seats, move around, raise our arms, whatever it is, you know, to get the body involved, That's to get so every good. cell in the body to get the information. That's so good. You know, I know that there are these meetup groups I stumbled upon one in Arizona where they go out together as a group, a group yeah. of men and a group and they and and women, 
and then to help people get over the stigma of flirting or the initial approach to someone that they're attracted to, they send someone from the group over. Have you ever? I, I mean, yes, you know. Yes, absolutely. I've done it. I've actually done it with some of my clients. It's really fun. <laughs> it's fun <Okay>. for me. <laughs> so why yeah. that's posse. The posse goes out, and someone from the posse goes yeah. out and rounds up. Yeah. You know, somebody's perspective for- mate. Yeah, first of all, I have to, I run two meetup groups. I have one in New York and one in Boston. And um, that's one of the things that we do together is get a group together, like you said, a posse, and go out. And, um, and you know, people feel, I th- you know, so much benefit to doing this work in community. I always encourage people to find a buddy or find a group of people that they can go out with and feel comfortable with. And... Um, you know, so women go out together or men go out together and then they have the support of everybody and they can, you know, throw ideas off of each other and they can feel, you know, shored up and courageous because they have this group of support behind them and, you know, one person can initiate a conversation and call the friends over and it's great and fun. So it really is like the whole buddy system that people mm-hmm. had probably when they were little kids in camp and they they now get a chance to, to use it as an adult in the grown-up world, being able to to possibly meet the love of their life. I, I think it sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's a great way to do it. I think it's so amazing. what about, um, hmm, this is good too, you know, here's another thing that's it's so new. I, you know, again, I, I age myself. <laughs> when I flirt, I usually like hand somebody my business card or I ask for their card, or I might write my number down on a napkin or a piece of paper, you know, a bar napkin, and, or that somebody else might. But the younger people, they just take out their phone. Yes, they do the bump with their iPhones. That, like, the first time that happened for me, I, I, I thought it was so hot. I, I <laughs> <laughs> You ran right out and got an iPhone. <laughs> that was such a turn-on <laughs> to have somebody pull their phone out and say, okay, Give me the number or give me your number. I'll call you right now and then we'll have each other's number. That right. had never happened to me before. And it was like, right. oh, <laughs> so cute. It was really cute. I, I just had to mention that. You know, these days I notice that people go out with everything hanging out. And by the way, you know I'm not a prude. I'm sure my listeners know I'm not a prude. I'm not. But I, for me, it's like, again, in the flirting if I'm flirting with everything hanging out and then I get upset that a man looks at me and he's just looking at my body parts, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's kind of like it's I called for that. Right. So, I mean, so right. I'm, you know, so I, I like the fact that you have an image consultant coming out with this because, you know, hopefully she's not going to let anybody go out with all their meat hanging out on the rack. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, I just think it's the wrong message. It's, yeah. it, it is, it, it is like a seduction for something. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I've seen women, I've seen my friends get mad when someone only looked, didn't even look in their eyes, just looked at their tits. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I th- and I think to your point, it's like being conscious about what we want to project out into the world. That's the key, right? Right. And what message we're, we're communicating? You know, and is that is it conscious? We're kind of winding down here. I need to ask yeah. you one other question. Sure. When you, when someone is flirting with you, 
and you don't want to flirt back, what's the sweet way to let that person move on? Well, that's a really good question. So I'm going to bring it to uh, when you're with somebody, you know, face-to-face and you're having a conversation and they're expressing interest or they want the, com- the conversation to keep going. I always encourage people to start with an appreciation and then state what's true for you. So a genuine appreciation from the heart, right? We're flirting with heart. So we're saying connected to ourselves, connected to our bodies, what's true for me in my heart in this moment that I can appreciate about this person that I'm in conversation with. Okay. You know, 99% of the time you can find one thing. So. Right. You say, you know, thank you very much. You know, I really appreciated how much energy you had when you talked about your work. It's really inspiring to hear somebody who's so enthusiastic about their work. And in this moment, I'm, you know, wanting to go make some, you know, conversation with some other people or go meet, you know, a couple more people at this gathering. And, you know, thank you so much. And And walk away. Time to walk away. Yeah. Great. But I think, you know, the the idea is to make, is to, and this is part of flirting, is to, um, the, the goal is to have both people feel good before, you know, you step away. Robin, thank you so much for being my guest today. It's been my pleasure having you. You're welcome, Lori. A lot of fun to be on the show. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm saying goodbye for now. Namaste. This is Lori Hamler signing off.